Have you ever wished that you could have a greater influence for good on those around you? Have you ever wished that? Have you ever wanted to have a bigger impact in your life, in your family's life, in your church's life, perhaps even in your nation's life? Have you wanted that? We all want that at times, don't we? We want to be influential. We want to have impact for the Lord for good on those around us. Well, we can have that impact. I'm talking about prayer. We can have that impact through prayer. We can influence those around us for God's blessing upon their lives and for his good in their lives through prayer. Prayer should be a priority in our life. It should be. It was a priority in the Bible. If you read very much of the Bible, you know that men prayed often. From beginning to end, prayer is mentioned over and over again. It was a priority in the Bible. It should be a priority in our lives. We may realize the greatest benefit in our lives, in our family's life, in our church's life, through prayer. We may have that big impact that we want to see through prayer. That's how we get it. We perhaps can best fight against sin, against the devil, and against this world in prayer. We can perhaps see the best part of prosperity in our lives, the benefit of health and strength and safety through prayer. We ought to pray. pray prayer should be a priority for us. You've probably all heard the saying, prayer changes things. It does. Prayer can change things by the blessing of God. We should want to pray. Prayer should be a priority. But how often do we pray? Do we make prayer a priority in our life? Is it something that is as common as eating to us, as breathing to us? It should be. Prayer should be a priority. The Bible has measured some of the great men by how much they prayed. You know, if you look at some of the men that the Lord singles out in the Old Testament, like Noah, the big five, if you will, Noah, Moses, Samuel, Job, and Daniel, they were measured in part by how they prayed, how they were able to stand in the gap for others and deliver others through their righteousness and through their prayers. These were great men. As you can read in Jeremiah 15.1 and Ezekiel 14.14, because the Lord singles them out as being extraordinary men of prayer. We ought to pattern our lives after such men because they accomplished great things for themselves and for those around them. They did that through prayer. But do we pray? Do we pray like those men prayed? Do we make prayer a vital part of our lives, a priority of our days and weeks. Realize that prayer is something special. It's not just filling a room with words that they bounce around. Prayer is words that go above the ceiling. Prayers enter into God's presence itself, into his very holy dwelling place. In Second Chronicles 30, verse 27, we read that our voice in prayer can enter into heaven itself, right into God's holy dwelling place. Now, that's pretty special. That should impress us if we realize that our voice in prayer is not just heard on this earth. It's heard by God himself in heaven, his dwelling place. With that in mind, maybe we ought to pray more. We should want to pray more. If God hears us like that, 
Lord, help us to pray more. That's a great blessing. Prayer has many promises in the Bible. I mean, you don't go very far in the Bible without realizing that the Lord has blessed prayer. He wants us to pray. Jesus taught that asking is the way of receiving. If you don't ask, you don't get. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The only way to receive is by asking. That is the method. That's a promise. The Lord gave us that promise. If you ask, you will receive. James confirmed that again in James 4, 2, where it said, Ye have not, because ye ask not. If you want to receive, you must ask. That's the promise of the Bible. And therefore, we should take hold of that and realize that we should come often asking the Lord to have his answers. Jesus promised that the Heavenly Father is a better Father than any of us could ever be. Look at, if you would in your Bibles, at Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. A great promise the Lord gave to us there in the Sermon on the Mount regarding prayer. Matthew 7, 9 through 11, and it reads, Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Our Father is a great Father, and the promise is that even as we would give anything we could to our children, our Heavenly Father is even better than that. And he will give us blessings upon blessings as we ask, of course, in his name, per his will. Great promises. The Lord is also able to do abundantly, exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think. What a promise that is. I mean, how can you get over that? Anything you can think of or desire for the Lord's good in your life or others, the Lord can exceed that by his mercy and grace. He wants to. He will do that. Jesus also promised the Holy Spirit on those who would ask. Why shouldn't we ask? We should. The Holy Spirit, can you imagine that? The third person, if you will, of the Trinity, of the triune God, coming down and dwelling among us and in us and with us. That's a promise of the scriptures regarding prayer. But with such promises, do we pray like we ought? Do we pray as often as we should? Are we diligent in prayer? with such promises that the Lord will be with us and give us those things we ask. You know, the sad thing is, if you look in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, you find out that when the Son of Man is going to come, he's not going to find much faith on the earth. He's not going to find men praying faithfully. He's not going to find men praying diligently. We ought to be the people who are praying faithfully and diligently when the Lord returns. We can And we should. Look at the power of prayer. The Bible has many examples of great things that were accomplished through prayer. This should be an incentive for us. This should encourage us to be people of prayer. Look at at Jacob. He wrestled with God all night and prevailed and was greatly blessed because he held in there and prayed without quitting all night long. What a blessing. And he was the father of the nation of Israel. He was the father of 12 sons initially, but he was the father of Israel and was 
the father of many nations beyond that through Israel and through the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed of Israel. Look at Joshua. He prayed for the sun and the moon to stand still during a battle, and they did, so he could finish the job. That was a great answer to prayer. Look at Hannah. She didn't have any children. She was barren, and she was beseeching the Lord that he would hear, and he gave her a seed, Samuel, a great man of God. And, of course, Hannah got more too, didn't she? She got five more children beyond that. She was greatly blessed. Salmon, intimidated by his great office, asked for wisdom. The Lord gave him wisdom and riches and honor and a long life to boot. That's a pretty good answer to prayer, isn't it? What a blessing. Look at Elisha. You know, he had a chance. He had a window of opportunity there at the end to ask Elijah for whatever he wanted to. And he said he he dug deep in his pocket and he figured out, well, I'll just ask for twice the spirit of Elijah. The Lord gave him that. It was a hard thing, Elijah said. But hey, Elisha got twice the spirit of Elijah. And look at Hezekiah. He had a terminal disease. The Lord told him he was going to die. Did he just accept that? No. He turned over, wept sorely, and prayed for the Lord to deliver him based on how righteous he had been. The Lord heard that quickly and turned the situation around and gave him 15 more years to serve the Lord. Elijah himself prayed for three and a, prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years, and it didn't rain. And he prayed again, and the, and the Lord sent rain. A great prayer that caused a drought there in Israel for three and a half years. Great examples of the power of prayer. They should encourage us to want to be praying people that we can, by the Lord's grace, accomplish great things in our lives and the lives of those around us. But the Lord does not just leave us, you know, with promises and with examples of prayer. He gives us direction as to how to pray. He gives us an outline as to how we ought to pray to be a, to have effectual prayer. That is prayer that accomplishes what we want. We hope to pray and get the Lord's answer for us, don't we? We really want the Lord to hear our prayers and to give us the answers that we desire. But the Lord has given us guidelines whereby we can know that he will hear us and bless our prayers. We need to be patient and diligent in considering what the Bible has to say about the guidelines for effectual prayer. Number one is to pray obediently. Pray obediently. We need to fear God And be righteous before him. We need to have sin confessed in our lives. We need to be keeping God's commandments. We need to be walking with him diligently and pursuing holiness in our life. If we want God to hear our prayers. Notice Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Psalm 84, 11. No good thing will he that is the Lord withhold From them that walk uprightly. The Lord blesses the prayer of the righteous. 1 John 3.22 And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. God blesses the prayers of the righteous, those that keep his commandments. And notice, if we disobey God, he will not hear us. I think Matthew already mentioned this morning a good verse. 
Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Proverbs 28, 9, he that turneth away his ear from the hearing of the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. The Lord does not hear our prayers. If we have unconfessed sin in our lives, and if we are not walking according to his will, according to his commandments. So there's number one, pray obediently because God will hear the prayers of the righteous. Number two, pray gloriously. That is, pray delighting in God and glorying in his work and his nature. We should delight ourselves in God. We should take joy and great pleasure in knowing God. He's a great God. We should bless him and praise him for all that he has done for us and to us. We should bless him for his mercy, for his goodness, for his faithfulness. We should praise him for all that he is and how he has loved us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray gloriously. Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Job twenty two twenty one reads, Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Number two was pray gloriously, that is delighting in God, rejoicing in him, and blessing him for all that he's done for us. Number three, in our points of how we ought to pray, to have effectual prayer, that is prayer that God answers. Number three is to pray boldly. Pray boldly. Don't be timid with God. Step right forward and ask him and be aggressive for what you want to lay before the Lord. Hey, we are his children, and he is our father. We ought to come forward boldly and ask him for what we want. Hebrews 4.16 gives us this point. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We just mentioned an example of great boldness, and that was Elisha. Talking there to Elijah at the very end of his life, and Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And Elijah said, thou hast asked a hard thing. But we know how that ended. Elijah said, hey, if you see me when I'm taken up into heaven, you'll get that double portion. And he was there and he was watching. And he received that double portion. He was bold. Uh, he could have been timid and asked for his mantle, or something like that, something that was not important. But he went after a very aggressive request, and that was a double portion of Elisha's spirit, knowing that Elijah, Elijah's spirit, he, knowing that Elijah had been a great prophet of God, and that he would need a great part of his spirit to continue that ministry. And so the Lord blessed him with a double portion. Look at Abraham. When he stood before God regarding the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord had said, that he was going to tell Abraham what he was going to do, and that he was on the verge of destroying Simon and Gomorrah because of their wickedness. Now, Abraham just could have accepted that and let Lot fend for himself, but no, he stepped forward boldly and said, Lord, but will you save Sodom and Gomorrah if there are 50 righteous souls in that place? And then he goes on, of course, and eventually barters the Lord down to, how many was that? Ten all the way down to 10 because he was bold. He didn't stop at 50. He got right down to a number that he thought Lot could fill. He was wrong, but, he, but Abraham was bold in his requests. 
And of course, we always remember the, the example of Jacob there wrestling before the Lord in Genesis 32. And the Lord, here we are, the, the, the day is breaking. They're still wrestling, and Jacob has this lock hold on the Lord. The Lord can't get away. Well, we know that Jacob, the, he was revealing himself in prayer to Jacob. And, and the, the Lord said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Forget it, Lord, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let you go. And the Lord blessed him there at that time, after he had wrestled all night. So three was, we should pray boldly. Number four, pray fervently. Pray fervently. We should be very sincere in our prayers. We should pray from the heart. We should be extremely earnest in soul during prayer. James 5.16 tells us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer, the earnest prayer, the great, the very sincere and desirous prayer from the heart. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 22. He prayed and he sweat there in the Garden of Gethsemane as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He prayed so earnestly that his sweat was as it were drops of blood. In 1 Samuel 1.10, we see Hannah when she was praying in bitterness of soul and she prayed and wept sore before the Lord, showing great earnestness in her prayers. Jeremiah 29, 13 tells us, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. We should pray fervently, earnestly, desiring the Lord to hear us and answer our requests. Number five, we should pray faithfully, that is, being full of faith in what God has said he will do. Be fully persuaded before God that what he has told you and promised you in his word, he is able and willing to do for you. Hebrews 11.6 is a key verse here, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We should pray faithfully if we don't have faith, if we waver, if we have doubts in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. He expects us to fully believe that he is able and willing to do what we want him to and what we ask him for. James 1, 6 and 7 tells us, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. No doubting. If you want your prayers answered, you should have be full of faith without doubt. Amen. Pray faithfully, being full of faith. Number six is to pray persistently. Be patient and diligent to continue in prayer always. A key verse here is 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Now, many might think that that means you pray all the time. But no, we don't pray all the time, but we're always in a mode for prayer. We are always willing to continue in prayer. We are always going on in prayer and never quitting before our requests are answered. I like the parable in Luke 18. Luke, yes, the it's not a parable, it's a story in Luke eleven eight that we just got done considering a little bit ago. 
or a similar passage in Matthew. But the fact is that we had the story about a man who received a guest late at night. He didn't have anything to feed him, so he went to his neighbor to get some bread for his guest. And, of course, it was late at night, and so his neighbor was already in bed with his kids. And so here he is knocking on the door late at night, asking for bread, and his neighbor from within says, don't bother me. I don't want to come to the door right now. We're in bed. We're all The lights are out. The heat's turned off. I'm not going to get up right now. But the guy keeps knocking. And pretty soon, the neighbor has to get out of bed just to get rid of the guy at the door. That's how we ought to pray. Always persistently knocking on the door of the Lord and asking him for our requests. You know, the, the friend wouldn't get up because he was a good friend or because he was a neighbor. He wouldn't get up for that reason. The only reason he got up is because the guy wasn't going to leave. He was there permanently on his doorstep and kept banging the door. There was going to be no sleep for that household until that guy got up and gave him the bread for his visiting friend. And then consider the same parable, in Luke, a similar parable in Luke 18, about the unjust judge and the widow woman. Now, the unjust judge, as it says, he didn't fear God or man. He didn't care about that woman one bit. But you know what? She kept coming and bothering him. And pretty soon he says, you know what? I'm just going to deliver her from her adversary and get this over with so that she will leave me alone. Otherwise, she is bothering me and wearying me. So I want to get rid of her. That's how we ought to pray. We need to keep coming to the Lord and bothering him, if you will, so that he will hear us and give us our requests. Pray persistently. Be patient and diligent to continue in prayer. Paul wrote in Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Did you catch that? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, with all perseverance. Now there you have persistence. Hanging in there and continuing to pray even when you haven't got an answer for a long time. Keep praying. The Lord wants to see that persistence. As we read, if you, if you read the passage in, of the parable of the unjust judge in Luke 18, it tells us that sometimes the Lord will bear along with us. He won't answer us sometimes to test us to see if we're going to continue instant in prayer, if we're going to keep pressing in prayer. We should. We should pray persistently. We also need to pray intelligently. Point number seven. Know God, his promises, and good godly reasoning. Pray intelligently. Remind God of what he's promised. Remind God of what he's done in the past. Remind him that we are his children, that, that he, as a, as a father, wants to bless us. Moses said in Numbers fourteen nineteen, where he's praying the Lord, Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of of thy mercy, reminding God of his great mercy. We see Asa, King Asa, in Second Chronicles 14, 11, when he cried to the Lord his God, he said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether by many or with them that have no power. He reminded the Lord that the Lord can help anyone and that Asa was one of those that didn't have much power and needed the Lord's help against that large Ethiopian army. 
David in Psalm 6-5 said, For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? Reminding the Lord that if the Lord wants praise, he should keep David alive. Otherwise, David wasn't going to be able to praise him. Praying intelligently also would involve praying in your closet, not praying before men. Matthew 6, 6, but when thou, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. If you want to pray that the Lord will hear you, you don't want to pray before men. You want to pray in your closet, in secret, and the Lord will see that and reward you. You want to pray according to his revealed will. We have his, re- his will in the Bible. Praying intelligently is praying based on what God has already said is his will. First John five fourteen, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. That's praying intelligently, asking the Lord for the things that he has already promised us according to the scriptures. And then praying intelligently means, according to Matthew 18, 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So praying intelligently uses a a variety of ways to remind God specifically about what he's promised and what he has done for those in the past that trusted in him. Next, we want to note that we want to pray submissively, praying Submissively, being submissive to God's will, regardless of your desire. We all have certain things that we want, but we should always give that to God based on what his will is for us. James 4.15 reads, For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. We can make plans, but we should always rest in the Lord in terms of his judgment for the situation and what he wants to, for our lives. Notice the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew twenty six thirty nine. there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ was perfectly submissive to his Father's will, there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so ought we, in all matters of prayer, to submit ourselves to the will of our Father in Heaven. We should pray spiritually. We should pray in the Spirit and pray as the Spirit moves us. Romans 8.26 tells us that likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We should trust the Lord God to use his spirit to guide and direct our prayers for our benefit, and the Lord will bless and answer them. If the spirit makes intercession for us, we should want that spirit to always be interceding for us on our behalf in our prayers, that God will hear us and answer those prayers. And finally, we should pray actively. Pray actively. Be ready and willing to do all that we can for ourselves. Now you might say, well, why should I do for myself? I'm asking the Lord. But the Lord expects us to do what we can in all matters of prayer. We trust him for the result, 
but we do what we can as he directs us and as we have means to accomplish things for ourselves. Look at Luke 4.12. Jesus had been fasting in the wilderness and praying for 40 days, and the devil came along and was tempting him. Did he simply continue prayer? No. He stood up and gave the word of God to Satan. And Jesus answering and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus used the means at his disposal to chase away the devil on that occasion. And look at, we just we already read Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Praying actively means asking. We have to ask. We can't just wish in our hearts that the Lord would hear us. We need to ask, seek, and knock. There's the effort that we need to put forth to have Lord bless our prayers and to hear us. He wants us, to again, to use those means that he has given to us to accomplish what we are praying for. Uh, probably the best example there in the Bible is David in 2 Samuel fifteen thirty one, as he is being chased out of Jerusalem by Absalom, his son. He's fleeing for his life, and he realizes that his trusted counselor, Ahithophel, has stayed back with Absalom. Now he knows, David knows, that Ahithophel is a wise counselor and will have the best means to pursue, for Absalom to pursue David and perhaps overtake him. And David prays that the Lord would overthrow the counsel of Ahithophel. But he does not just stop with that prayer. He grabs his second trusted counselor, Hushai, and sends him back to Jerusalem to see if he can't, by method, by means, overthrow Ahithophel's counsel. So Hushai doesn't go with David. David says, you can, be better, you can do better for me if you go back and try to thwart Ahithophel. And that's what Hushai does. Ahithophel told Absalom, you know what? You should pack up your men right now. Go right after David. Catch him early. He's on the run. You can get him. That was Ahithophel's counsel, and that was good counsel. That was the best way to do it. And Hushai said, nah, I don't think you should. You know, David is like a cornered lion right now. So you need to gather all the men of Israel, and then you can go and you can get him wherever he is. And Absalom liked that advice best. You know what, Ahithophel went home and hanged himself. But Hushai, by the Lord's direction, the Lord's blessing, had counteracted the wise counsel of Ahithophel, and David's prayer was answered. So David prayed... But yet he did all that he could to himself thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. So there we have the the methods that the Lord has blessed us with of having prayer answered. Those ten points are again, pray obediently without sin in our life. To pray gloriously, delighting in the Lord. To pray boldly, don't be timid with God. To pray fervently, be very sincere and earnest in the heart. To pray being full of faith, believing that God will hear and do and is able to do all that we ask. To pray persistently, being patient and diligent to always continue in prayer, not faint, not quit in requests. To pray intelligently, reminding God of his promises and godly and reasoning with him about what he's done in the past he can do for us to pray submissively always submitting ourselves to the will of God regardless of what we want to pray spiritually praying in the spirit of God 
and asking him to bless us and intercede for us on our behalf. And then to pray actively, doing all that we can. Prayer should be a priority in our lives. With all the promises that God has given us, with the great examples of prayer in the Bible, and the direction that God has given us to pray effectually, whereby God will hear us and answer our prayers, ought we not to have great incentive and great desire to pray consistently and diligently? My prayer is today that we will all endeavor to be great men and women of prayer, to pray consistently, boldly, fervently, that God will hear us, and that we, through our prayers, can affect great things in our lives, the lives of our family, our church, our communities, yea, even our nation, for the glory of God. May the Lord be praised.